welcome my Force-sensitive friends to the 56th ever full episode of Holy Star Wars. I'm Jason, and as always, feel free to join in the conversation before, during, and after the show on Twitter at Holy underscore Star underscore Wars, and via email at HolyStarWars at gmail.com. This week, we're doing another comic, this time a single issue, because... I just felt too guilty lumping it in with any of the others. We're looking at the 2015 Star Wars comic issue number 7 from the journals of old Ben Kenobi, the last of his breed. We're also taking a look at a folktale from Colombia, La Magimonte. All this through the theme of protection. Obi-Wan's self-imposed exile on Tatooine has one true purpose, other than to perhaps punish himself for failing Anakin the Jedi in the galaxy. It was to protect Luke Skywalker until he was old enough to join the fight for freedom in the galaxy. The physical protection of Luke is prominent in this single issue, but just as much so is Obi-Wan's internal struggle over how to best protect himself. He shows us in this issue that his sole focus in life is to protect Luke, but he increasingly believes he's endangering himself too much and risking his exposure to the point where Obi-Wan decides to shut himself off completely from society and from helping people like he is naturally inclined to do otherwise. It reminds me a lot of Kanan, as we talked about in an episode two weeks ago on his favorite, on, on his favorite, on his first comic arc from around the same time. In that, Kanan has to hide his true self in order to stay alive. The difference, I think, though, between Kanan's hiding and Obi-Wan's protection is that Kanan is taking a defensive approach that is focused on himself primarily. Yes, he worries about others being hurt because of him, but he hides so that he does not have to be an issue. Obi-Wan is protecting himself so that he can serve a mission and serve somebody else. He may be doing something somewhat similar to Kanan, but his motives are very different. Yes, there's still the struggle of how do these characters continue to be true to themselves in the shadow of something so awful. But Obi-Wan does this by focusing on a mission while Kanan focuses on himself. I'm not saying one is more noble necessarily than the other. I, I don't think that's fair at all. I think, though, that it's important to note the difference. This week's folktale comes from Colombia. It's said to date back to the native peoples of the region, and is certainly known for being one of the most popular and most tame folktales from around Colombia today. It is more of a folk monster story than one of, uh, with a plot, but essentially, La Magimonte is a giant, bony woman covered in leaves and moss and other plants with glowing eyes and no desire to care for humans. She lives in the mountains, the forests, or the swamps, depending on where in Colombia the story is told. And she's the protector of all nature. When I say protector, I mean she will go to all ends to protect nature. Foremost, she's known for making encroachers upon her domain get lost forever, including even children. Gruesomely uh, trapping them behind waterfalls is what I read in the source for this episode. She's also known to poison water supplies. Travelers do have opportunities to protect themselves, though, too. Showing no fear is known to help, as well as tobacco smoke. I always love folktales that come with a little DIY, here's how you can make sure that this doesn't happen to you. The protections we dream up to make ourselves feel safe, garlic against vampires, silver against werewolves, and I'm sure you can think of plenty of other examples. They just always feel so quaint and like, you know, better safe than sorry. La <laughs> Magimonte takes a proactive approach to protection though. Unlike Obi-Wan, she causes harm to intruders and those whom she fears might hurt nature. She gets them lost or gets them sick and makes certain that she is doing all that she can to protect what she is set to protect. The difference here actually, it's interesting to me, and in the course of writing this episode, it made me start to change how I was thinking about Obi-Wan just from a few minutes ago when I was describing the difference I saw between him and Kanan. 
Obi-Wan takes that first protection to mean doing nothing so Luke doesn't lose his protection, whereas La Majimonte goes on the offensive and has no reservations about it. Thinking about it this way, Obi-Wan's course of action is still centered in a lot of ways around himself, like Kanan's. While yes, his protection is a product of a mission that has to do with somebody else, it's still a matter of putting himself first in a lot of ways. He's protecting himself from harm, after all. It's the kind of double thinking that got the Jedi into much trouble in the first place. I mean, they would say how important compassion was, but we're not allowed to engage in any kind of interpersonal compassion. For somebody trying to protect himself from harm, he's certainly falling into a lot of the same traps that got him into this situation in the first place. Now, I am also certainly not saying that everyone should be like La Majimonte and go on the offensive. If Obi-Wan consistently and constantly did that, he would have the exact problem he's trying to protect himself from. People would take notice and come after him until he's overpowered. What I am saying, though, is that the path he is setting himself on is an utterly dangerous one. If he were to continue trying to protect himself, I imagine the next logical steps would be to stop tapping into the Force altogether so that he would stop inviting danger and ensure nobody would ever be able to find him. The problem is that if he did that, he would never know when to rescue Luke from the Tusken Raiders in A New Hope, and he could very well not have even had the ability to train him in the Force anymore altogether. I mean, we see that a bit with Luke in The Last Jedi, where he doesn't even know that his best friend's been killed because he has disconnected himself from the Force. Thankfully, Obi-Wan does have the realization that tobacco smoke and showing no fear are not enough to protect Luke too. He can't just be fixated on himself and his own protection. He has to do what those afraid of La Monte should be doing to avoid her and what she does herself. If people would just protect the environment, they wouldn't enrage La Mangiamonte. They'd be all, uh, they'd be doing a selfless act of protection, not a selfish one. Obi-Wan learns this lesson when Luke goes off to defend his family and their hard-earned water. In witnessing the boy put his life in danger to do what is right, he's reminded that passivity is not going to ultimately keep Luke safe and prepare him for the future. So Obi-Wan saves Luke from Jabba's gangsters and returns to his home, having learned that even if it might be a risk, he cannot completely ignore the need to look at the greater picture in Luke's safety. Obi-Wan's safety is only a component of the larger puzzle in need that is Luke's protection. My hope is that we can take the lessons of these two stories and use them to recognize what our own place in protecting the things we care about might be. Let's take the environment, for example. I do my best to minimize my plastic usage and recycle when I can't reduce or reuse, for example. But I also have to recognize that my adamant refusal to waste plastic is not going to solve our plastic problem as a planet. If I want to protect the whole planet, I have to do work that will affect everyone, not just myself. And if I care about plastic reduction, that means caring about it on a global scale, not just my own personal usage of plastic. So, just as Obi-Wan and those who fear La Majimonte have to look beyond themselves at the greater picture, so do we if we're going to truly, truly be able to protect that which we are setting off to protect. But of course, as always, that's just my opinion and I would love to hear yours. Send us emails at holystarwars.gmail.com and tweet us at holy underscore star underscore wars. Let us know what you thought of today's episode, theme, and stories. If you have suggestions on any future topics, we absolutely would love to hear them. And... If you might do this the ultimate kindness, give us, a, give us a rating and a review on whatever podcasting platform you utilize to listen to the show. It would be deeply, deeply appreciated and help us so, so much. Next time, I think we'll be doing another novel for a few weeks, perhaps um, thinking about Chuck Wendig's Aftermath. 
I read it a while ago, and I've been listening to the book Book Wars podcast go through it recently, so I'm feeling it lately. Not sure on the myth and theme for it yet, but uh, yeah, we'll keep you. We'll try and keep you updated. Uh, like like I've been saying, I, I'm sorry for all the radio silence and the lack of consistency and posting and, and tweeting and blah blah blah. It, it, I've been having a bit of a hard time the last couple months, and um, I just hope that uh, we'll get back on track soon. And in the meantime, thanks for listening. <laughs>